Hello and welcome to the Fence End Podcast. Um, Simon here and I'm joined by Fraser. Hi Fraser, how are you? Yeah, all good, thanks. All good, all good. You well? Yes, not too bad at all. Not too bad. Yeah, Looking you, forward you... to uh, to the Sunderland game uh, on Friday. Uh, yeah, well, Friday. you're... You were a bit of a podcast celebrity, so I know, aren't you? I, yeah, uh... <laughs> the, 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 Graham, at, um, I think he was involved initially with sort of Roker Report and their one of their podcasts, but he does his own one now, What the Folk. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Surname, uh, play on pun, play on words there. So yeah, he's invited me on a couple of times, which which is nice. Yeah. Always, Originally, I uh, thought maybe it was a, a Colombo podcast, Peter Falk. <laughs> I thought maybe would they have a claim there or? But um... possibly. Yeah, we did get to the end. He said, "Oh, just one more thing. What, what are your <laughs> predictions for the weekend?" So yeah, yeah. I thought I thought so. Yeah, but um, <laughs> one of those. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're um, yeah. He it was it was a good. Uh, Simon's probably going to be modest now, but it was a good listen. If anyone one hasn't heard it um uh go and find that it's on yeah i think we retweeted it on the fence end account so um yeah yeah good listen anyway <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to re- repeat too much of what i said on that today otherwise yeah I, I, i've heard this before yeah to be honest <laughs> i was hoping that we could just say um i was affecting a geordie accent just rip their one off upload that that's fine that's ours that'll, that'll do <laughs> yeah. People go, oh that phrase he know a lot about sunderland he's done his research yeah, there hasn't he really has <laughs> yeah i'm big in the um <laughs> i couldn't even think of the nickname so black cats is it yeah yes uh roker yeah. Mac- Ro- as well isn't it mackham sorry mackham that's the true nickname isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway so um, yeah. yeah, so well, we'll we'll get on to to Sunderland in a, in a in a bit for with a preview and um Accrington as well for the the Easter games. Um, well, I guess first things first, we'll we'll look back on the on the three games since the last pod, uh, which were Blackpool where we lost two 0 Northampton where we lost one 0 and Lincoln where we won two one. So I, I guess Blackpool, we we looked at that as potentially a banana skin anyway with their form, although they were I think below us at the time. They had games in hand and were were playing really well at the time. So perhaps you know yeah. not good to get beat after the way we played against against Doncaster, but maybe not quite as as shock a result as the Northampton one. Yeah, I think that's a, a, absolutely my thoughts. I mean, it was um, you know you, you were probably intelligent and and um, gave a reasonable prediction on the last pod. I said nine points, <laughs> which uh, which four minutes into the Lincoln game I was seriously regretting because uh, it looked like it might be zero. Um, but yeah, the, um, I don't know. It, like you say, it was disappointing after Doncaster because um, it it felt like i don't want to say we turned a corner because it doesn't feel like we've been on a bad run of form it just kind of feels like we've been a bit indifferent mm. um and uh yeah it was a disappointing one wasn't it and i mean you know they they've had the potential to they had the potential to do that to us because they've they they kind of had a a fairly similar season to us haven't they blackpool they've kind of yeah, started, started badly with big expectations really sort of gelled um and and they're on a on a decent run of form now yeah and they have a few players we used to have, don't they? I seem to remember that from the the last time we played them. But um, yeah, it was it was it was kind of a like you said, it was a disappointing one. But it wasn't really. I didn't find it shocking to be honest. It was kind of mm, okay, well. But it's a game that we finished, and I thought, well, the next one, mm. <laughs> it's where the three points will come. Yeah, chance yeah. to put it right, and and all the all the usual platitudes of yeah, we'll yeah. we'll we'll. we'll uh, We'll learn from our mistakes and we'll we'll be better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it, yeah, it, it really didn't happen, did it? Yeah, I must have forgotten I was an Oxford United fan when I had that uh, 
you know, um, presumption that we may get three points or at least one against mm. Northampton Town. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we've we've gone quickly, fairly quickly over Blackpool there, but North, <laughs> Northampton was... I mean, how long do we want to spend on defeats, really? <laughs> well, I, I, with that Northampton one, there was a, a, a potential handball in the lead up to the ball nearly mm. going over the line or was it not over the line or was it you know if we'd have had a yeah. Russian linesman we might have been given it it was <laughs> and at that point you think it that was quite early on in the game if we get one nil up then you know there's a chance we could steamroll them because I thought we were we were making chances we just weren't putting them away and then yeah you know we we but yeah uh, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah, after the kind of I watched that game back on iFollow, and after the um, after the first kind of I don't know, fifteen twenty minutes, I thought we were really poor. Yeah, um, I didn't really think we offered anything to that. And I, 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 I actually kind of felt Northampton deserved that win. I just you know, yeah, didn't think yeah. Oxford gave much of the game. Like you say, there were there was obviously uh, uh, the ball went over the line or a handball early on, um. And you know, I, being the great vocal opponent of um, VAR, I can't really say much about that. <laughs> well, um, the goal line technology is slightly different. Well, to VAR, yeah, isn't that's it? true. It, that's it, true. Yeah, yeah. It's a matter of kind of fact: is the ball yeah. over the line? Yes or no? Not ref, come and have a look at this and see what you think. But yeah, I, and I, we I find out. Point. Yeah, yeah, we find out in less than a second with goal line, don't we? Whether yeah. it's over or not. Um, but yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, just a very. A real game to forget, the Northampton one. And it was, you know, I think we all kind of looked at the table before the game and, you know, rather like I was saying I did and just thought, well, this is is three points surely. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, we should know by now that's not the way it works and that the three points actually come against third place in the next game. (laughs) Well, yeah, and and you kind of, after those two defeats, you're looking at playing Lincoln on Sky where I I had a quick look at how we've got on on specifically on Sky, not ITV or whatever, and in league games, because obviously we had the two um, playoff games, which we drew, you know, we didn't win those games, but Sky, uh, being on Sky in a league game, the last time we won in a normal normal league game on Sky was Bristol Rovers away when Kemar Roof got that goal, 2015 season, and that was away. At home on Sky in the league was Pompey in about 1998, something like that. So it's, so, it's a hell of a long time. To so go. never at the Kassam? No, not not God. on Sky in the in the league. Um, I think yeah, because... You know, Satanta covered the, the, the non-league days. Um, well, do you, do you know, I remember, I remember the first season of the conference, Sky bought a one-year conference package. And I thought, I'm sure we won then. But we actually, um, I found on YouTube, we played Crawley away and beat that. Oh, so that's away. We, we won that. Um, I think there was a Cambridge United game. And the home games was against Dagenham and Redbridge, and we drew that. That was when Yemi scored that crazy goal. Uh, and then they equalised really late on. And then they also showed that bloody playoff semi-final that we lost to Exeter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which so, is a painful memory. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, leading into Lincoln after two defeats, I th- there was a lot of doom and gloom. There was a lot of, well, we got no chance and um, we never win and sack the manager. Not, you know, not widespread sack the manager but there was a certain amount of, of of negativity around and it just goes to show how i i think i don't know if it was on twitter or somewhere it might have been on on a sort of whatsapp group i think we said 
I, I said after losing to Blackpool and Northampton, I can easily see us winning the next two games, you know, Lincoln and Sunderland. And it would be so us to do that. And well, we've, we've done half of that. We've beaten Lincoln. And like you say, after the first four minutes, we're one nil down. And I think a lot, everyone was like, oh, no, here we go again. But we showed a, a lot of resilience and, and dug in and ground out a, a good win against the side that, I mean, Lincoln aren't in great form, but they're still a team that were above us at the time, which, you know, everyone's banged on about. But that's that's Doncaster and Lincoln who, who are above us now, and we've beaten them both in the last four games. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, like you say, people did point towards the fact that Lincoln aren't on good form. But, I mean... Before that game, the table read that we had 36 games played, so we've got 10 left. It, I, I couldn't care less who's got what form, and we've got 30 points to play for. Let's get as many as we can. And mm. it, it, at this stage, I don't think it matters the form of the team that we're playing or what it means for how good we are. We're kind of in the... What do they call it? Squeaky bum time, is it? Yeah, or, yeah. It's, 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 it, you know, just get three points anywhere. No one cares anymore. It is, it. We're in that kind of. We're right in the mix, aren't we? And um, mm. like you said, I, I actually, I actually thought so after the first kind of four or five minutes after we conceded that terrible goal, I, I actually thought Oxford were really good. I thought we were really good, really good value. Um, I thought we created so many good chances. Um, we were, and you know you can point to the fact that the goal had a handball involved, but then the Stone, Stonewall penalty penalty was turned down. Yeah. What two minutes prior? Mm. Um, and you know it's weird what I'm about to say, given what I've just said. But other than that, those those two moments, um, I actually thought the ref had a really good game. I really rated him. I thought he allowed everything to flow. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he was. He could have. There's nine out of ten refs at our level would have given you know, 20 bookings in that game for free kicks all over the place. And I actually thought he was pretty deep. He let quite a lot go and let the game flow. And um, yeah, I don't know. It felt quite rare to see a officiating performance that um, wasn't crap. Yeah, yeah, credit where it's due. It doesn't happen a lot. (laughs) And I I know I I will defend referees because it's a really, really difficult job to do when you've got 22 players who are trying to con you after you know for yeah. 90 minutes it can't be easy um but you're right yeah he let the game flow which I, it suits us you know to try and get the get the game moving quickly again for free kicks and things like that so yeah it it, it certainly helped and was a was a good watch um you know um you, you mentioned you know with with us nearly getting that that penalty um at that point that was when josh ruffles got injured he came off we had to have a reshuffle where we've got you know, a, a right mid sort of defensive right midfielder was playing right back. He's had to shuffle over to left back, Jamie Hansen, and and then Ford comes on and and plays at right back. So we've got you know two midfielders at full back, and I thought Hansen, considering he was on a yellow card for a lot of the game, was really really good. I know other players perhaps shone and were better sort of um, you know on the on the glamorous side of the game, but I thought he he had a a really really solid game. And, and stay just the right side of not getting a second booking, you know, in a, in an unfamiliar position. I thought he's he's played really well since he's come back into the team. Yeah, and you know he's one of those players who um, you felt like on so many occasions that he's done with Oxford and we're not going to see him again. Mm. And then he just f- kind of manages to find a route back in. Yeah. Um, and then and he's playing again. And, and on his day, he's, he's very decent. And um, 
you know, it's kind of, it's rather like Mark Sykes. You, 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 I mean, I know we talked about this on the last pod, but um, how convinced were all of us that was it after the Swindon game? Um, he was absolutely done and was never coming yeah. back, and that was it. We won't see him again. I don't know if it's a Carl Robinson thing, but he seems to. I don't know, maybe go off players and then they're back in popular. I don't know. I don't know if it's part of his process. I'm not sure, but... Um, it's it's, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? it because Adji was very similar in, in that we yeah. thought, in the January, January transfer window, you know, we thought, well, maybe him and Sykes will be gone. Um, and, and they weren't. And they're now back in and playing and being important parts of the team. And I guess, it, is it, you know, he... he he sticks with players for a decent length of time to to allow them, if they have played poorly, to get back into some kind of form. But eventually, that's got to give, and then he mm. gives somebody else plenty of time to play. And it's you know, we've not seen a lot of Liam Kelly in the last two or three games. You know, he played a lot, then he was out, then he played a few bits, and then he's out. And with with the games coming thick and fast, there's always that injury issue and, and fatigue. So the the team's going to change quite a bit, I guess between now and the end of the season and and yeah it's it's nice to see Hansen after the injury troubles he's had to you know coming in and and, yeah. and being a positive yeah and you know with the changing thing in, in Carl Robinson's defense one of those lazy kind of modern football fan opinions is people love to say this thing he doesn't know his best team he doesn't know his best team and I think what it more actually is particularly in our situation is I, th- I think we just have a lot of options yeah. <laughs> and and a lot of them are quite good you know it's not it's not necessarily you don't know your best team it's that well it is that you don't know your best team but that's not necessarily a bad thing I don't know why everyone always points at that and says that's a dread uh, he didn't know his best team get him out and all this sort of thing it's like well Maybe it could be that there's just actually quite a lot of good options and he's he's still kind of not moving stuff around to experiment. You know, as I said, there's 10 or 9 games to go. But there are just a lot of good options and mm. people work differently throughout. You know, season's a long time. People change over season. They work differently in different positions. I don't always think it's such a bad thing to, to kind of want to change throughout the entire season. I don't know why people have such an issue with that. I, no, um, I agree. And... and- the best team on a Tuesday might not be the best team the following Saturday because of yeah. injury, because of loss of form. We could, you know, we it, we could pick a team that we think features the best players and say, right, if you were, if everyone was on form, everyone was fit, you'd choose this team. But then you wouldn't play that team for forty six games of the season because they'd be, yeah. you know, they'd get knackered. And yeah, and, you know, so so on a Tuesday night when you're playing maybe a physical side, you want you know, you want win all in instead of Sykes maybe to give a little bit of a, you know, somebody who's going to smash people about a bit. Or mm. you have Gorin and Brannigan sitting, right? And, and if you're playing a team that doesn't play through the midfield, then you do something different. And it, it is, yeah. yeah, different team for different games. So I, I yeah. agree. Yeah, the, the whole, yeah, he doesn't know his, his best team. Well, he, he's probably got a better idea than the most of us because he, he'll see well, I mean, <laughs> week this in, is, week out in training. This is the thing, isn't it? I mean, none of us want to admit this, but people like Carl Robinson or whoever else in that kind of job, they probably forget more in a day about football than we could hope to know, you know, or particularly about our side. And 
for the simple reason that he sees them every day playing. You know, he yeah. sees them in training every single day. Look, we we all like to think we know best because we've been fans for for our entire lives, and we you know, and maybe we could argue we know the club better or its history better. But the guy isn't employed to do that. You know, he's employed to make eleven people play and win a game of football once or twice a week. That's what he's employed to do, and. His method, his best way to do that, any manager's best way is to observe them in training, yeah. and so he then picks a side based on that. I don't know why this needs to be explained to anyone that <laughs> <laughs> that's the process that takes place. And look, look, I'm not saying that I'm never again going to question a manager's decisions. Of course, I will. Everyone does. It's an opinion, you know. But I think a lot of fans do sometimes think that we must know better than them because we've been around with Oxford longer. Well, what does mm. that matter? You know, he's been here for three years now. I think we passed the three mark a couple of weeks, three year mark a couple of weeks ago. Every player in the building is his, other than what Sam Long and Josh Ruffles yeah. and um, Simon Eastwood, but who doesn't really play now anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know why there's this such an obsession with, well, we we must know better because we've been here longer. Well, <laughs> okay, but um, yeah, yeah. There we go. Absolutely. Um, yeah. One of the things I sort of I'd written down in prep for this was was form, and and that kind of tallies in, connects to what we we're saying about who's the best team, uh, best best uh, eleven, and I think we often look at ourselves. I've said this in the past. We look at ourselves in isolation, and because we've not been playing especially well, you know, compared to that middle part of the season where we went on a huge run, and we lose a couple of games, and it's all well. That's it. It's all over. We're not going to make the playoffs. And yet other teams are playing equally as poorly. I, I, I had a quick look at the, at the table recently, you know, a short sort of six game form. And of, when we were 11th and of the 10 teams above us, five were in worse form. You know, it, it's, it's very easy to, to look at ourselves in isolation and think, right, well, that's it. We're, we're really struggling. But the, the last six matches, you know, at the, Working upwards from the bottom of the form table, Rochdale, Plymouth, Bristol Rovers, then Ipswich, Doncaster, Lincoln, and then Accrington, then Portsmouth. You know, they're all those teams are sort of in the bottom third of the table in terms of form, and they're all above us at the moment in the actual table. So it, it's you know we have to kind of see more, see beyond our form. Uh, and and realise that actually everyone else is struggling a little bit. It's been an odd season, um, and and picking up a couple of wins here and there will make all the difference because it's so ridiculously tight. From kind of well, Accrington in literal mid table, thirteenth place on fifty three, and you know up upwards it goes fifty three points, fifty four, fifty five, fifty five, fifty six, fifty six, fifty seven, fifty seven. You know <laughs> it is ridiculously tight. And yeah. we, we, we might draw a game and, and drop back three or four places. We win the next one. We go up three or four places. It's going to be yeah. it's going to be like that now, really, until the end of the season with teams pick it, taking their 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 games in hand and, and, and taking points off each other and, and all sorts. It's going to be yeah. it's going to be crazy between now and the end of the season. Yeah, it is. And I mean, you know, it's it, it's anyone's to guess because. You know, we've got nine games left. We're on 56 points. Do they say the average for the playoffs is 71? 
Possibly, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how how this season compares in terms of where we're at points wise for you know for this stage of the season, but yeah, it's it's yeah. well within reach. Yeah, so I mean, it's 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 you could basically say it's fifteen points from a a, a possible twenty seven. You yeah. know, which is you know yeah okay over half, but it's it's not far over half, and it's it's um it's i think it's certainly doable mm. it's it's basically five wins or mm. how you know however you want to you know add, add, uh, get get there it's it's and you know a lot of the teams in and around this um this kind of tight section we're in at the moment are going to play each other people are going to take points off of each other and it's the end of the season freak results happen yeah. um you know you you always get the last two or three games relegated teams suddenly become world beaters because all the pressure kind of goes, I guess, doesn't it? And, mm. you know, they, they, they find ways to beat people at the top of the table or, um, yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's, I think it's going to be a really exciting end to the season. And, um, you know, looking at our next game, Sunderland, I mean, it's weird. I kind of had in my mind that they were still, um, underachieving in league one and not, mm. and, and, and kind of, scrabbling about but a glance at the table they could well snatch a, an automatic place and um and finally get out of league one um, yeah yeah and, and going back to that form thing they are on much better form than peterborough at the moment you know they're yeah. two two points behind them with a with a game in hand peterborough are, are sort of faltering a little bit sunderland are, are you know having a really really strong run um yeah yeah not not scoring huge amounts of goals you know they're not battering sides they're kind of one nils and two nils, so yeah. you know they're not sort of um, excelling, you might say, but they're getting the results. They're grinding yeah. out the results. They're they're winning games, and and I, yeah, I think they and Hull are likely to be the top two, and then really anyone else could make those playoff spots. You know, yeah, yeah. Blackpool have got games in hand, but they've got to win them. Yeah, um, yeah, and um, they've got to play. Sunderland twice. They, they, I think they had a game postponed earlier in the season, so they play. They play Sunderland yeah. twice. Um, it's going to be. They've got to play Hull and Peterborough as well. So there's yeah. there's games there that people are going to drop points above us. And yeah, and you know you, you you kind of made reference to it there, but I think people get very kind of wrapped up in teams who have games in hand, and while it's good to have them sometimes, sometimes it's added pressure. Sometimes it's, you know, we all finish the season on the same day. Um, so Blackpool need to play 11 games between now and then. We need to play nine. Mm. Um, so they may well have games in hand, but all the pressure's with them um, to, to to win those games because, you, you know, you can have games in hand. It's not automatic points. You know, it's right. whatever you can grab from that game. And, and, and like we say, you, you, we're going to have a, a day off somewhere twice where they don't. Mm. Um, and they could really do with the, you know, we everyone needs the energy, the stamina, the lack of injuries at the moment. Everyone's after that. Um, so yeah, I, I I think some people get slightly too panicked about teams who have games in hand um, because you know they've still got to go and win them. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you'd rather have the points in the bag. Mm. Um, but but yeah, it's going to be. A, I don't know what I what I think of the Sunderland game. It's um it's going to be a it's going to be a tough one. You know, it's up there and they're on such a good run of form. Um, but I I. I don't know. I I really rate us as well. I was really impressed with that, with that performance against Lincoln. Mm. Um, I think um, we've we've kind of found form again. Maybe I know we lost the two games prior to that, but we just showed what we can do. And 
Um, you know, I know that the Sky Sports thing is just a bit of fun trivia, but it is something off our back now. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's a, a tiny bit more confidence maybe. And, you know, we've kind of shown what we can do. And and, and I think had, had we said earlier, you know, I mean, as we said earlier, um, we convincingly beat Lincoln. It wasn't fluky. And while they're on a poor run, they're, they're still fourth for a reason. They're a good side. And, we, you know, we all know all about their manager. And, um, yeah, I think it's, um, I don't know, but I'm still going to say a draw for Sunderland. <laughs> I'm afraid. Well, I, yeah, you talked about, um, I was on one of their podcasts and, and I, I said sort of, heart sorry head says a Sunderland win simply because of the form they're on but the heart kind of says why not why can't we win it yeah. you know it, it, yeah. it would be it's that uh, you, you know the, the the beating the teams above us we haven't done that until Doncaster and now we've done it again against Lincoln and it's a big it's a big stage for some of our players to kind of go up there and go right okay I'm going to show you you know mm. I'll, I'll show you what I can do it's it's mm. you know it's it's not Accrington away on a cold Tuesday night it's it's mm. Sunderland on a nice spring day the pitch should be good you're playing decent players so that you know they're going to come at us um, and why why not I I'm going to go for a win I'm going to I'm going to That's stick nice. my neck out and 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 stick with that kind of after the two defeats, you know, yeah, it would be typically Oxford to win the next two. So I think yeah. I will go with a with a positive and a win. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to say a one all draw, but obviously I prefer your result. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I'd take a one all. I think every game we've played up there recently has been one all, hasn't it? it it's yeah. Um, of of all the all the games we played up there, that's that seems to be the the common result. Which I would I would take that as well um, if offered right now. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Um, a couple of other things to kind of cover before we uh, we we uh, we say goodbye. Um, hi Tim, obviously. Hi Tim. And, and hi to everyone else who listens. So um, oh, if you're yeah. listening, share all the all the social media stuff. No um, word from Fiji yet, so still no. time to get in touch. <laughs> hi Fiji. <laughs> hi Fiji. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, one of the things that uh, that was in the news recently was sort of talk of, I was going to say takeover, but it's it that makes it sound like it's an outside group coming in uh, and and taking over. Whereas it it in real in real terms, it it seems more of a bit of a boardroom shuffle, you know, or reshuffle yeah. where people already who are shareholders and involved with the club are are looking to take you know a more active role and. In doing that, you know, if if you're going to be putting money into a club, you want the sort of the 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 majority shareholder, I guess. You know, you don't want to be putting money in if if you don't have have the the kind of the last say, as it were, as a shareholder. So you can understand it, it's not a it's not a, a, a kind of a, a massive change in terms of new people coming in. It's just sort of people who are slightly less uh, at the forefront becoming more at the forefront you know what are your sort of initial thoughts you know there's not been a huge amount of talk from the club but um what are you... yeah i mean it, it um it takes a uh you know a simple google to to see the the wealth of the people who are looking to become the main shareholders i mean um the is it eric tho tho here yeah um is it seems to be fronting it, it seems to be the main guy mm. i think 
Um, yeah. But because he kind of he was involved and left, didn't he? Because he had a political position. Yeah, I, th- I think he he became a board member, um, and then because of sort of in uh, he, he was then like an advisor to the government or in a, a kind of a, a government position, um, which meant he wasn't allowed to to um, have have sort of be on boards of any businesses i guess that you know yeah it's, a, it's an interesting one isn't it the government saying no you can't be taking money from business so we, we can learn something <laughs> there a bit of politics for you um, yeah, satire, yeah. so so he he i don't think he left he, it was just the case of look i can't be a member of the board anymore but i, I yeah. he still had the shares he was still obviously i say involved in kind of inverted commas in that you know he he would be somebody who would put money in if we needed to and that's something else i know we were going to very quickly touch on was the the profit that the club have made over the last financial year the year ending last summer which um so but i guess you know as as somebody who's backing the club financially he would still be involved if not necessarily sat on the board so it's he's now i guess in a position where he can he can he can take a more active role hope, hopefully or and and, uh, and 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 hey, if you don't want to lose the soul of the club and, and just have you know mercenary players who are here just for a payday, I think we we no. we have something good about the club where we've got young players coming in, we're developing our own players. The, the training ground is is you know if if Tiger is to leave at some point or or take a, a much less involved um, position, I think his legacy will be the training ground and having a base for the first time really in 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 our history you know we've always shared facilities yeah absolutely and and it certainly will and and you know there was um i mean tiger's been has owned the club for what is it almost four years or i'm trying to think when he oh no about about three years actually isn't it because it's it's around it's just before carl came in isn't it that's right yes yeah so three years and, and you know it, um it feels like much longer than that because it feels like so much has happened in the time he's been here um, you know, the kind of Darrell Eels era feels like such a distant mm. memory now mm. um, that, um, yeah, and, you know, it started uh, in terms of his relationship with fans or fans' opinion, started fairly badly, I think it's fair to say, uh, in terms of what people thought of him. Um, and and then it's kind of massively turned around. Um, and like you say, the, the training ground will certainly be, I guess, his legacy and, and, and a, a great legacy to have. Because, mm. um, yeah, like a, an actual sort of base or home for for the operations of the club. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, and, and, you know, going back to the, the actual takeover that's taking place or, you know, reshuffling of, of, of the boardroom, um, I, I think that, that um, when it was originally, you know, billed as a takeover and then it became... Kind of from I think from the Oxford Mail um, that it was more just a a reshuffle of the boardroom. It kind of made it feel like it was less special, but I actually don't think it is. I still think the fact remains that somebody who currently doesn't have the main say wants the main say mm. um, in our club. So it's still someone who wants more power than they currently have, um, or a group of people want more than they currently have, and and that's surely got to be for a reason. Um, whether that's a great reason or or not so great, I don't know. Um, but you'd imagine it's only great. The only the only caution I have with things like this is I not to put Oxford down, but I can't help but often wonder what's their angle. You know, I mean, I mean, we love the club, and if any of us, you know, 
came into huge sums of money or won the Euro Millions or something, we'd probably buy into the club a bit. Or we'd do something to do with Oxford United, I'm sure. We all have that dream. Um, but it's we all have an angle in that we're, we're, we're kind of lifelong big fans of the club and we'd love to just waste a load of money on it. <laughs> but these guys have kind of made a lot of money being... You know, shrewd and business and that sort of thing, mm. and I can't, I can't figure out if it's if it's a genuine, just a folly. They have a lot of money and they can afford to, you know, waste some. It's no secret to anyone, is it, that football clubs are not cash generating businesses, um, often described, I think, as black holes of money. Mm. Um, uh, or is there an angle? And and you know what, I I don't mind if there's a property angle or a. a something to do with a stadium where they can make money. I don't mind. I've got no issue with people making money as long as the club comes along with it, yeah. you know, as long as we benefit as well. You want to make a quick buck, so what, whatever. That's, 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 the, that's the Western world. That's what you do, fine. But, I mean, if we come with you as well, not us personally, that would be nice, but not <laughs> us personally, the club... Yeah. Then I don't think anyone anyone should have any issue with that, really. If you know, no, I, I agree. I think you know the only way to make money in football is to be successful, really. You know, yeah. and, and that's not a guarantee. But let's say these guys come in, you know, take take more of a controlling interest, invest money into the team or the infrastructure. The only way they're going to get money back, the only way they're going to make a profit, is by us getting into the championship and filling a bigger stadium or filling a stadium that they then own and, and having all the all the surrounding bits the food and the drink and all of that sort of stuff and then ultimately you know i their their i guess end goal we haven't heard from them but you kind of think well it's going to be what how far can we go can we go premier league and it would be i guess cheaper for them they're looking at it as perhaps a way of doing that not on the cheap because it's not going to be cheap but investing in a club at, at the level we're at with with potential to go higher rather than yeah. buying into you know Newcastle United or you know Villa or whoever it might be which will cost them huge amounts of money you know you mm. can get and, and once you get in the Premier League then there is a lot of money to be made I say simply that's not necessarily the right way of saying it but there's an awful lot of money that comes just by being in the Premier League in terms mm. with with the TV revenues. You know that that yeah. hasn't got to be kind of again not the right phrase hasn't got to be worked for in the same way that player trading or getting people in the ground or increasing your match day revenues and all of that sort of stuff and selling more kit. Actually, if you're in the Premier League, you will automatically get a load more money than you would do being in the championship or being in league one it, it just comes with being in the division yeah it, yeah it's, I, I, it's like a starting point you know oh you're in the premier league here's a load of money um, yeah so absolutely yeah ultimately you're right it, it, if it comes as a property deal whereby they take ownership or, or do something with the kasam or you know there's there's lots of talk about other sites but we've not heard anything yet about where they may be or, or certainly you know no, no announcements been made yet on on whether that might happen, and we're kind of running short on time anyway. We're we're getting that done before the end of the the license with Kasam. Um, who knows what might happen? I guess that's that's something that that time will will show. But ultimately, I like you said, Fraser. You know, there. What is their angle? Well, I guess to make money. You know, as businessmen, they want to make money. Oxford is is a place name that is known around the world um you know so 
it might not be necessarily known brilliantly for football, but then you look at some of the clubs that are in the Premier League. I mean, Leicester have got more of a history than us and accept that, but, but they're now very big in Thailand because of their ownership. You know, it's kind of, there's a, there's a connection there between football fan, mad, you know, crazy football fans in the far East who, who are interested in football and, and follow a club because they have a connection with the owners. Yeah. Bournemouth, you know, Bournemouth are no bigger than us, probably smaller than us, you could argue, mate, you know, and yet they had an owner who, who bankrolled them, got them into the Premier League and, and, you know, they were there for quite a number of years. They kind of look like they might go back up or whatever, you know, but they've, they've kind of taken that step up and, and stayed there as a, as a, as a next level club. And the yeah. reason why we couldn't do that as well, you know, Bournemouth isn't Liverpool, is it? It's not Manchester United. It's not Spurs, yeah, Chelsea, no. whatever, Newcastle. It, it's not a big name in football. It's not a big name around the world in terms of, oh, I know where Bournemouth is, you know, whereas Oxford, not not necessarily connected to the, to the football club, but we have a, a, a world-renowned city and, yeah. and we're part of that. Absolutely. So, and, you know... I think the thing you you know it's it's true what you say about the um there's been a lot of you know rumor about potential ground moves or land that's being looked at um the one that always comes up is Stratfield Break is it Kidlington mm. now I, I'm not in the know at all I don't know anything about anything that's being looked at or bought um but whenever that's mentioned I do see some of our fans taking issue with how far it is from kind of central Oxford I think some reality checks are in order here in that we have to accept that if we move grounds again from the Kassam, um, we're probably not going to be anywhere within the city boundaries. It's it's just not going to happen. Where is the land? And yeah. and and the land that is available, who's paying for that? I mean, I think the uni own most of it, don't they? Um, well, that was going to be my point. Yeah, the universities probably own any any site that's big enough for a football stadium and, and the infrastructure that's needed around it is probably owned by the universities. And they don't need the money. You know, they're, well, they're, well <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, they, and if they did need the money, it would probably go for housing because that would probably make them a lot more money than, yeah. than a, you know, selling it to somebody to build a football ground. So, yeah, yeah you're think... right. I don't think it's it's not going to be any closer to the city centre. I think no. the thing is, as long as it's not suddenly going way beyond that kind of the ring road, effectively, isn't it? You look yeah. at look yeah. at the Oxford Ring Road and go right. You need to be within that, or at least you know. Yeah. Not miles beyond it. If if you're literally on the other side of it, where Stratfield Break kind yeah. of is, that wouldn't be the end of the world. And yeah, and I think what what you know, good compromise is, if it's not anywhere near. You know, look, we all want to play on Ox Pens Road, like where that ice <laughs> rink is. Put us there. We all want to be there. It's never going to happen, no. right? But the um the um I think what what would be best or, or or a good compromise is somewhere where there's good sort of road infrastructure, good rail infrastructure would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it would really put the ground on the map. I mean, there was talk two, three years ago um, about the freight line that runs behind where the club shop is now having a new station there, mm. um, which would do wonders for the Kassam and, and people's access to it. The issue, we, we all know the issue with the Kassam at the moment. Well, beyond it being a bit of a breeze block and it's not great to watch football in it's just so far out of the way um it's it's you've got to be able to drive to it or be willing to get you know two or three buses and this sort of thing um it, you know everybody wants a ground where there's 
a load of pub or bar options available before the end and you can walk straight to the ground and then get get home very quickly we may not ever get all of that but what we can get i think is compromises is something that's near rail something that's near road junctions and all that sort of thing something that's that's developable and yeah i think it's um it's i think it's look and you know we the 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 change of ownership may have no plans at all to to um uh move grounds we don't know but at, like you say the lease is up in 2025 isn't it so something's yeah. going to have to happen fairly soon mm. um in terms of where we're going to be playing um but we shall see i guess uh, yeah uh, yeah it's it's going to be interesting to 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 see what happens around the club it might even be that we they're waiting to see where which division we're in next year to, yeah, to yeah. kind of develop those plans with the club, you know, you know, if we're in the championship, they'll have a they'll have a strategy. If they, if we're not, they'll have a different strategy possibly, and that might be the same for whoever's in in, in charge of the club. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it will be interesting. It will be interesting. Um, yeah. Before we go, one thing we we haven't really touched on is Accrington Stanley. Um, yeah. At which point everyone will be saying, who are they? Because yeah. um, we play them on Monday, Easter Monday. So we might not get a, a pod in between Sunderland and, and Accrington. So a very quick, they're not in great form. Um, got absolutely trounced by um, by Peterborough at the weekend and they've, they've lost a lot of games on the trot. I think that's one, if we don't get a result at Sunderland, we, we need to get one at Accre- against Accrington. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully six points over the weekend, if not three or four. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, look, I, mean, I don't want to make the same error I made uh, before the Northampton game, um, but we've we've got to look at Accrington Stanley and and their their form, which is really not good um, at the moment, and and. Um, you know, we, we we by the time, regardless of what happens against Sunderland, we could beat them five 0 and get three points. Um, we're going to be on thirty eight games. Um, you know, we're going to have eight games left. That we've got to be looking at that one as a three points. Yeah. If we if we if we want to be getting into the into the playoffs, I'd have thought. Yeah. Because um, again, but, regardless of form, they're a game in hand on us and three points behind. It, it's yeah. You know, we look at them. <laughs> yeah. and go, well, we should be beating them. If they win that game in hand, they're level with us, and it's it's yeah. all about yeah, it's all about form and does it go out the window and oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. It's going to be fun. It is. It certainly is. And that's why we love the game. That's yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I don't think there's anything else that we were going to say. Uh, if there is, we'll we'll save it for the next time. Um, but uh, but until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye.